Seat. If we have not met, my name is Adam Musto, and it's my honor to be the senior pastor here at our church. And I have a funny last name. You don't meet a lot of Mustos out there. I've got one of those last names where it's kind of handy when like a solicitor or someone calls me, because if they're like, yes, so I'm looking for Mr. Musto, it's like, nope, boom. Uh, I've got one of those last names. Maybe you're like this. I know we got some folks who are, you know, when you're saying it to somebody on the phone, you just automatically spell it afterwards, right? Last name, Musto, M-U-S-T-O-E. Uh, and, and, and one time, uh, my uncle had kind of this deep dive on our family history. And I learned a couple things about the last name Musto. It's an English name. And I've, I've recently found out that Musto is like a brand. It's like kind of an equivalent to the North Face in Great Britain. And so I don't know when the next time I'll go quail hunting is, but if I do, I know where I can get my jacket. So I got to get me some musto gear. I don't know if that'll catch on here in America or not. But uh, this, this doesn't have the E, which was an American edition. And I found out the musto uh, last name is, comes from an old English word, meaning a large field or gathering place. So I apparently come from a long line of loiterers. I don't know uh, what to really make of that. Uh, have you ever looked into your family lineage? Right, things like Ancestry.com and 23andMe, they sample your DNA. Over 50 million people have used these services. Finding Your Roots is one of the most popular television shows on P PBS. Why is that? Why have so many people paid money to find out their family history. Why should we care about our roots? I posed this question on my Facebook page and had a great number of responses and it was cool to see folks' conversations. And, and folks shared about how it gave them appreciation for how hard their ancestors worked for them to inherit what the life that they have. I mean, people coming over in dire circumstances and starting from nothing. Uh, other funny things you find out, one person told me they had uh, one of their relatives was like kicked out of their country because they got in a gunfight for like not putting stamps on the right way or something pretty trivial. It was, it was a little intense. So you never know what you're going to find out when you go looking. But I think one of the great parts about finding out your roots is it prevents you from having the mindset of someone who was born on third base and thinks they hit a triple. You know what I mean? It, it, it prevents us from taking for granted all the things that came before and all the little things that had to happen for us to be where we're at and to become who we are. I think we can easily fall prey to chronological snobbery. We talked a little bit about that last week. We, we can be chronological snobs and not be mindful of the many people who have helped us arrive where we're at. When I was ordained in July of 2019, um, that's the service of... Um, the commissioning as a pastor, uh, being a big boy pastor, or being, becoming a Jedi, as I like to tell people. Uh, <laughs> my staff got me a lightsaber. It's hanging in my house, uh, for real. Um, when I was ordained, that was an overshare, I'm sorry. Uh, when I was ordained, um, we were given something that's very precious to me, and, and this is um, the list of people who ordained the people who ordained us, going back all the way to John Wesley in the 1700s, the founder of Methodism. And so we got this kind of family tree of five generations of all the pastors that were ordained, including uh, one of the bishops that ordained my dad. Uh, so this is very special to me. And it reminds me uh, to not lose track of how far we've come. Remembering our roots, roots gives us a helpful perspective. 
The church has a tradition of celebrating All Saints Day on November 1st, and it rarely falls on a Sunday. We typically will do it the Sunday following November 1st. Some of us may have not heard of All Saints Day. My guess is that all of us have heard of All Hallows Eve, right? Halloween, what we did last night. Well, that is All Hallows Eve precedes All Saints Day uh, the night before. And All Saints Day is when we remember those who have gone before us. So that's what we're celebrating today here at our church. We're celebrating the influence and impact of people that have passed the faith on down to us. Now, I, t- I told just a little bit about the Musto family history. I think it's amazing to even consider all the family histories just here in this room. The untold stories we could all find out. Or, or I think about how many family histories are in our one congregation of 150, over 150 years old. Or I think about the story of the United Methodist Church and all the different folks that were involved and, and, and how vast of a history and all the stories that could contain. There are more family histories and more denominations than can be counted. I read once that there's something like 40,000 Christian denominations. Is that number, like, it's, that's a wow. I, I also find it a little frustrating, right? Like, how are we supposed to reach people when we can't even get our act together as Christians? We got 40,000 versions of this deal. How are people supposed to take us seriously? So that used to stress me out a lot, if you can't tell. But what has helped me is, is to step back and take a breath and think, now, there's a lot of different types of churches because there's a lot of different types of people. And that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. And so for me, it's helpful to locate ourselves as one small branch of a much larger tree. And and things like All Saints Day, the occasion, like we have this Sunday, serves to remind us that faith is what unites the Christian family. Out of all these denominations, all these different kind of doctrinal stances, it's faith that unites the Christian family. Hebrews 11 defines faith very clearly. Faith is a major theme in in the 11th chapter of of this amazing book in the New Testament. The word faith is used 28 times. So laying it on pretty thick that that faith is important and it's well-defined. The author is writing to encourage their audience who are experiencing persecution and they're in danger of of falling away. In the first century, uh, the church was existing in a very hostile culture. If you're old school, you might know Hebrews 11 as the hall of faith uh, because it goes down. It's kind of a summary of the Old Testament going down through all the heroes of the faith. And this is to encourage the audience of the faith passed down to them and to encourage them to keep going. So we're going to start in Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith. What, what, a, what a great definition. The confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. I think that begs the question, what is it that Christians hope for? What is it we have faith in? What are we hoping for? If I had to boil it down to one sentence, Christians hope that Jesus was who he said he was. That's what we're hoping in. That God loved people so much And then our need for God was so great that God came to us in a form we can understand, a person like us. And that in Jesus' life and teachings, he showed us what true life really was. 
and that he suffered the penalty of death in our place on the cross and rose again having defeated death and that Jesus promised us that I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Friends, our hope is in Christ, that he was who he said he was. That's what we're hoping for. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that, that faith is assurance about what we do not see. Faith is only necessary when you're not certain, when you don't know the outcome, when you, when you can't see how it's all gonna turn out. That's when it actually takes faith, when you don't have all the proof. And then the author of Hebrews launches into one of the most powerful, rousing uh, pieces in all of scripture. It's about 28 verses long. So well, I'm not gonna read that whole thing to you, but I'd encourage you to go home and read that. It's Hebrews 11, it's 31 verses long. And they go right down the list and the author highlights how throughout these, all, these different generations that people have lived by faith. 28 times that word is used. This was to inspire the people living in challenging times where they had come, remind them where they had come from and how far God had brought them so they won't give up. So I wonder on All Saints Sunday, who are some of your heroes of the faith? Who can we call to mind that helped get us where we are today on our walk with Christ? This year, my friend Ken Mann passed. I was a youth pastor for a long time in St. Louis, and this is a picture of Ken and I at one of our confirmation Sundays. He has caught me on like the two times I've worn a tie today. That's, that's interesting. Uh, man, Ken meant a lot to me. I was 22, right out of college, my first job, my first time being a big boy employee. And uh, remember on our first confirmation retreat, I was just failing in basic things like ordering enough binders and books and materials for the confirmation kids. But that's kind of your one job, right? And I couldn't even quite get all that straight. And Ken was very patient with me and so gracious to me. I don't know if y'all ever ate at the, the Mexican restaurant Chevy's. I don't know if there's any in Kansas City, but we had them over on the east side. And Ken and I, there was a Chevy's right across from our church. And we'd go there and have lunch. And I learned a lot about um, loving middle school kids from Ken. And I learned a lot about loving Jesus from Ken. I was very sad when he passed. Uh, I will always remember, Ken, <laughs> I still don't know how old the dude was. I mean, we thought he was old 15 years ago. And uh, we used to joke that he was friends with Moses. Like he, him and Moses were, he had Moses' cell phone number. And uh, Ken, he just had this gruff voice. And I'll never forget, he would always call me Brother Adam. Brother Adam? And I can still hear that in my ears. And uh, I'll never forget Ken. And uh, he's one of my heroes that I'm thinking about today. Maybe you have some folks that helped you along the journey of faith as well. And, and for some of us, maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe we've kind of gone into this faith thing solo. And so I think an excellent question for all of us is, no matter how many heroes we've had in the faith, who can you be a hero to? Who can, who can, who can you be a kin man for? to watch over somebody, to help them and encourage them. Who can you be a hero of the faith to? And that's, that's what Hebrews 11 is all about, the hall of faith, all these heroes through the generations. People who showed what it was to have faith even when they didn't know how things would turn out. 
And after citing so many saints who have gone before, the author challenges his audience to live a life worthy of their inspiration. And in kind of the crescendo of his big speech, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Many of you know that my, my dad passed away in February of this year, and uh, the Musto family has its roots in Edina, Missouri. And maybe some of you all can relate to when you grow up in a small town, if your school is going to have sports, you got to play all the sports, right? <laughs> you can't just select one or two. You got to do all of them. I see some nods. And so I grew up hearing all these glory stories about my dad playing football and how they nicknamed him Hammer. Never verified, by the way. Uh, I grew up seeing um, my dad always pointing at my grandma's house to the, the, the state singing competition and the one ranking that my dad got. But one thing that dad was not great at was track. Apparently that's hereditary also. But my dad was at a track meet one time and he told this story at my grandma's funeral. So he was, he was doing the track race. I don't remember what event it was and it was not going well. Right? He was falling pretty far behind. In fact, if, if you were to be, have observed that track race, you might have thought he was in the lead. Like, that's how bad it was, right? So he just wanted it to be over with. And so the, the people finish way ahead of him, and the crowd kind of gives the roar, and then is that, that, the din of noise is starting to dissipate because the race is over, but he's not finished yet. And above all the murmur, he heard one voice. Come on, Brent! Finish! Come on, Brent! Well, it was his mom. It was my grandma. She never missed an event. And even though he was way behind, she wasn't going to miss it and she was going to cheer him on until the very end. Friends, those who have gone all before us continue to surround us in a great cloud of witnesses, rooting us on even when we've fallen behind. That's what we celebrate on All Saints Day, those that have gone before us in the faith. 2020 has been a year marked by loss, friends. We've had a lot of loss in our congregation. We have a funeral today at one. Folks have lost parents, siblings, children, in-laws, and spouses. And it's a great tradition in the church to read aloud the names of, of the folks from our community at our church that we've lost since last All Saints Day. Um, and, and we've got this great bell to ring and, and we've got online worship going on, so we wanted to figure out a way to include our folks online. And so what we're gonna do is, is, is read these names and I invite you to join me in praying for their family and friends and loved ones that are missing them today. Let's remember our saints together. We'll begin with Arlene Barrow. Dottie Drucker. James Gibson.
James Robert Gibson. Brent Musto. Lauren Diane Parks. Dr. William Reed, Jr. Charles Curtis Rainey. Burton Sloan. Wallace Wilkerson. Amen. Friends, when, when grief is debilitating, when life seems bleak, in a year marked by loss, how do we keep going? How do we keep running the race marked out for us? Hundreds of thousands of people from the United States alone have died as a result of the pandemic. How do we keep the faith passed down to us? Hebrews 12.2 tells us that we keep the faith by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, we can't lose sight of Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. That's who we place our hope in. What does it mean for Jesus to be the pioneer and perfecter of our faith? It means that wherever life will take us, whatever's on the other side, that Jesus goes before us. The Greek for pioneer is archegos, meaning originator or founder. We put our faith in Christ as the one who would pave the way for all who would believe in his name. We put our faith in his life, his teachings, his death, and his resurrection, that whatever the destiny of those we've lost, that it is with Jesus. It is this faith in Christ that unites the Christian family. So even if you didn't know any of the names that we read, I hope you find some comfort that they join the saints surrounding each of us in this great cloud of witnesses, rooting you on to keep running the race, even when it's hard, even when you can't see the finish line, even when you're worried about the election, even when it seems your faith is futile. May our church add our prayers to the global chorus today, All Saints Day. May we live lives worthy of the legacy of faith that we have received and may God receive the souls of the dearly departed as we reluctantly but willfully commend them into God's everlasting arms. Let us join our voices with the worldwide family of faith and say together, amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much.
for the chance to be together today and of the great legacy that we have inherited from so many who have gone before us. God, there's much to be nervous and uncertain about. Among the long list that we could uh, lift up to you, we have an election Tuesday, voting is already underway. And there's a heightened sense of urgency in our country. So God, we, we lift up our society to you. And we ask that in the midst of so many unanswered questions and frustrations, that you would give us the grace to keep the faith that we have received. To put our hope in Christ, that he was who he said he was. And we lift up to you those that are on our hearts this morning that we have lost. We give thanks for their influence in our lives and upon our faith. And we ask that you would help reveal to us the ways in which we could do that for another person. That we would live a life worthy of their legacy of faith and that we could play our part in handing down the faith to the next generation. That we could take our place in the long line of your apostles and your witnesses stretching all the way back to the very start. God, help us be united as a Christian family across all our denominational and doctrinal lines and those many important things that distinguish who we are. May we never lose sight that it is our faith in Christ that unites us as your children, the family of God. God, thank you for this All Saints Day. Amen.